Welcome to Movie the Musical, a podcast about movies that have been turned into musicals. I am your host, Ben Kay. We are here to investigate, interrogate, and celebrate the art of adaptation from screen to stage. We are a podcast that loves questions, and today's question is... So more of a, I don't know, yeah, it's a, it's a grand question, because as, as we know, you know, the, the American education system, it's not the best in the world, and it's very, <laughs> I, again, yeah, I, you, you both know where I'm going with this, like, it's, okay. I'm just saying, it's, it's not the best education system in the world, it's obvious, it's very... Don't even get me started on the na- the reason why my school district is making national news. Basically, they're mad that schools are teaching anti-racism. How dare they? But no, <laughs> so the, the point is, the point is, why wasn't it taught in our schools that the Russian Revolution in the early 1900s, it wasn't caused by our social and economic unrest uh, against the monarch, uh, the, the reigning monarchs, uh, but it was actually caused uh, by Rasputin and his uh, evil, creepy green demons. That is historically accurate. And Bartok! Uh, well, how, much, how involved was Bartok, really? How much credit do we really want to give him? I mean, he sort of set everything in motion, right? He's the one who, like, goes and tells Rasputin oh, that... Oh, that's, no, that's after the revolution. You're getting your, you're getting your timeline. Oh, oh, yes, you're okay. Your uh, revolution, you're right, you're right. You're right. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, Bartok's just an innocent bystander. I mean, yeah, he's the, he's the, oh, well, I didn't stop them, so don't blame me. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yes. Um, but, so, okay. That's enough context. Let's jump into this. Um, As if it isn't Uh obvious already, today we are talking about the 1997 uh, classic film Anastasia, directed by Don Bluth and Gary Goldman, and its subsequent musical theater adaptation, the 2017 stage show Anastasia, with a book by Terrence McNally, lyrics by Lynn Ahrens, and music by Stephen Flaherty. Uh, As always, a wonderful producer and editor Bran Moorhead is here. Hello, Bran. Hello, everybody. We did it. We Hello, made Bran. it. And a wonderful guest who, uh, thank the Lord, has already spoken on mic. Um, she is a brilliant comedian and actor. Uh, she is, in my opinion, one of the funniest voices in contemporary Jewish comedy. Um, even though she has <laughs> never seen an episode of The Nanny before. Um, <laughs> just a... a which feels anti-Semitic it really on my does. end. does. Like, so. come on. Uh, absolute sacrilege uh, committed by the wonderful Brittany Handler. Maybe we should do a podcast where we talk about the nanny and I tell you what I think it's about without having seen <laughs> any of it. And I w- now, I, I want to give full transparency because uh, I can already tell I feel like the three of us are just very loopy already. Um, oh, and there's Lord. a very good reason. I'm going to just full disclosure. Uh, this is our second attempt at making this episode. Just like the Romanoffs in the animated film Anastasia, this episode <laughs> seems to be cursed. Uh, wow, I love that. True. We were a good 90 100 <laughs> minutes into recording. We were like about to wrap up. I'm, I'm like... I think we were about to ask Brittany the question yeah. at the end. It was like at I that point. I forgot to think about it oh, again. Well, great. I forgot to we got a whole fucking episode. You, got, you had two episodes to think about your answer. So you got a, another. Yeah, this is on you, Brittany Handler. Um, yeah, I'm just going to let the listeners know that Ben only knew that nanny fact because we've already. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, so the po- the point is, we we recorded an episode, and like ninety minutes in, just it the. We lost it. We lost it. We lost lost it, it, folks. We lost it. In one way, I suppose that means we finally arrived. We finally made it. If we have a lost episode. That's technology. That's technology for you. We're a real podcast because we have a lost episode. But all I have to say is that if this took place during the Russian Revolution, like our lives right now, we might not have lost it. I don't know. Mm. I don't know why. I'm just going to let that sit in the air and not comment on it. Um... That's something. That's something that my sister would be like. Don't try too hard. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> she heard me say that. So I feel like there's gonna be, uh, for us at least, a lot of weird deja vu uh, in the, recounting this conversation. Um, I had, yeah, like I was like listening to, uh, I'll, I'll, and I'll say like I listened to like some of the music today, but somehow like this musical is stuck in my brain from like two weeks ago. Like I barely revisited this before re-recording this. I was like, I. Still don't remember this so much this that's actually kind of amazing because the musical is so forgettable um like i mean look i am i mean i know we're gonna get into it and i know the trajectory of this conversation kind of well actually and it's (laughs) so funny but yeah yes and is what i'm gonna say because i okay god it's like we've got an improviser over here well listen i am chicago baby well here's the thing i am a a a white a white male presenting fellow with a beard i could be confused for any male improviser and you're wearing a button up a a fun button up with tigers on it um (laughs) for the listeners at home uh i've done improv with this guy so much Not this, Ben this, specifically, this just like this um, guy. Okay. Yeah. En- enough digressions. Uh, actually, plenty of digressions. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I'm wearing a flannel, so who am I to criticize? This is, again, <laughs> this, because this is our second attempt at making this episode, I think it's rather fitting. Because I feel like a theme of this episode is second chances. And I'm actually being like wonderfully sincere with this. Because this is essentially Lynn Aarons and Stephen Flaherty, who were brought on to write songs for the film of Anastasia, who were kind of disheartened by the fact that it was going to be such a a factually inaccurate retelling of this story. And not to say that the stage show's much better. I was going to say, are we talking about the film is like fantastically unhistoric, inhistorically inaccurate, uh, whatever. Um, and so... Again, this is an episode about second chances. This is they they really love this story. They li- really love the chance to write songs for the story of Anya, the lost uh duchess, uh this lost uh member of the Romanov royalty. And they were like, what if we could do it again? What if 20 years later we could take another chance, take another hit at musicalizing this story. Um Take a chance on me by Abba. <laughs> yes, to to, to <laughs> a musical we won't cover on this show. Well, Patreon. Well, the movies we can cover the movies. We gotta on the do the movies on the Patreon. I've I've never. You have okay? Can I come? Uh, sure. <laughs> for, for, yeah, we'll do. Mama Mia Two is my sister's. Like when she's depressed, she watches it. So she. Okay, <laughs> we'll do a live commentary for that one as well, and you can you can join cool. for that. Um, They're so, playing it at the music cool. box this weekend they in the garden. Are. Or I think the first one, maybe. But yes, just the first one. Um, yeah, please subscribe to our Patreon uh, so that we can do a live commentary on cats. That is that is what we are actually planning. Uh, is our Patreon stretch goal of recording a live commentary? Wait, 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 Did wait. Did you not wait. know this, Brittany Handler? Clearly, you do not subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, if we if we hit a hundred patrons, we're 
Now I'm embarrassed. No, literally, how dare you? No, you're like if you if you subscribe to our Patreon, if we hit a hundred uh, subscribers, we're gonna record a live commentary for cats. Okay, can I come yes, to that for real? Sure. Because bring I, everyone. At the very beginning, <laughs> at the very beginning of quarantine, I got really high and um and paid twenty dollars on Amazon to own cats. Hell yeah, <laughs> I remember I this. And then, and then I live streamed me watching it high on Instagram. I remember and like, this. Yeah, the whole movie. <laughs> like, two people watched. It was a. Nightmare. Do you have this saved on your reels? I'm sure it's somewhere. I'll find it All for right, you. Let's, I'm gonna get us back on track. Uh, Brittany. So, uh, what was it? That's up to me, Ben. That's you know no, what that's I'm, opening up the door I'm... for. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, Cinematic masterpiece. It, it is. It is both. It is the best movie and the worst movie simultaneously. I love that for it. Okay. Brittany, anyway, Anastasia. Yeah. What was it about Anastasia that made you want to talk about it today? Okay. So my uh, little history of Anastasia. Um, Anastasia is the reason I do comedy. Not comedy, but it's, it's the reason I perform. Um, when I was 97, so I was six years old, um, I was obsessed with the movie. I would make my mom watch it with me multiple times a week. Um, and like, I knew all the choreography. I knew all the songs. I would like, like the journey to the past choreography. I still kind of know a little bit. Like when I watched the movie recently, I was like, oh yeah, I remember this. Um, and one day my mom was like, um, do you want to take voice lessons? Like you love singing. Do you want to take voice lessons? And I was like, my voice is fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I haven't changed at all Amazing. since six. Um, and my mom was like, no, no, no. Here's what voice lessons are. And she was like, it's like singing yeah. lessons, whatever. And um, so I started taking voice lessons and then like, a month into taking voice lessons at six years old, a month into taking <laughs> voice lessons, my voice teacher was like, my mom is like real hardcore Jewish mom, like letting her kids follow their dreams no Absolutely. matter what. So, um, so like a, a month into taking voice lessons, my voice teacher was like, there's a musical do you, that like I know about, do you want to audition oh. for it? And it was like a community theater. It was a community theater production of Annie Warbucks, sure. yep. which is the sequel yep, yep. to Annie. Sure. Um, and I was like, Okay, sure. And I auditioned, and that was the first musical I oh ever did. Gosh. And the rest of history, baby. And this baby. is why you are a, a Broadway a musical theater sensation, of course. I was Freckles the orphan. <laughs> they wrote an orphan in for me. That's how talented <laughs> okay, you were. I, I actually, they created a character actually, for you. I made it sound a lot cooler than it was. They wanted more kids in the show <laughs> than they could have, so they wrote a few extra oh orphans. Oh, my gosh. But... I was freckles. Uh, so you that have a personal name. history with Anastasia, and uh, I do. And you know what? I have a little, uh, little memento of my own. This. Please, please, to show the fans. So um, I forget that this is a podcast, <laughs> so they can't see. But for the fans at home, I'm pulling out my own version of the music Hell box yeah. that Anastasia's grandma gives her in the movie, which is how they like eventually find each other, or whatever. Um, and I had a locket that I wore every day and it opened it like her locket does yeah. in the movie. And it's, I don't know if you can hear it, but it sings oh, yeah, hold it up to your microphone. the song. Can you hear it? 
through the mic? Like, like barely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, not really. That's okay, though. It's the song, uh, right? Well, yeah, Bran, here you can add Once Upon a December instrumental. Perfect. Yes. Um, for the- <laughs> yeah, we, we can do that. <laughs> Why don't you just send me a file of you singing at acapella, and I'll put it there as underscore. A. Okay, cool. <laughs> They're not joking, that. Brittany. I think you have to do it. <laughs> You think I'm not going to follow I'm through on a saying, bit? Please. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, actually, I'm going to just do this now because this is the thing that I, while we're in show and tell mode. Um, so oh, yeah, you I do show have a show and tell. And, tell. Um, and again, they, they, no, they do not sponsor us, uh, but I do love them. The wonderful uh, uh, company Super Yaki, who makes various pieces of apparel and t-shirts. They, mm-hmm. they made this hat I'm wearing right now. That declares that Josie, Josie and the Pussycats is the greatest movie of all time, mm. is what the hat says. Best movie ever, yeah. Um, and what they like to do is they include, uh, they include old trading cards in their, in their, in their items when you order from them. So they send along. You have Bartok. I got some Anastasia oh, yes. playing cards. Wait. I had these we're when I was do a, a kid. Live on ASMR unboxing. <laughs> on... Amazing. Wait, we have to talk. If we're doing ASMR, we have to yeah, talk. So. Yes. <laughs> to be opening the package. Wait, I have. Do you these. have these? Like on you now? I, I I don't. No, no, no. But I definitely had these when I was a kid. Great. And now you have to narrate um, exactly what's then, in it as yeah. you open it. Right. Now, Ben's opening the so Anastasia. So we've got uh, Bartok being uh, grabbed by the fist of Rasputin. Oh, I thought he was wearing a little jacket, but yes, it's that's a fist. A, uh, that's a funny a scene. shocked uh, Anya in regal attire mm-hmm. near the end of the film. <laughs> yeah, that's when they're fighting we've on the bridge. We've got um, Dimitri uh, in, I don't know where, is he in like a boiler room? The fuck is this? I don't know, but Dimitri is... Yes, oh, yeah. you will get to how hot Dimitri is. We got another Anya. Um, she's looking real pretty. Anya is hot, also. Oh, I said this last time. A great lesson in compat is like when I was a kid, I thought I wanted to be Anya, and I was like deeply obsessed with her. But now that I understand bisexuality, it's like <laughs> no, I'm just attracted mm-hmm. to her. So uh, my dream threesome would be Anya and Dimitri. <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, this is Anya and Dimitri, not Meg Ryan and uh, John Cusack, right? I mean, not all the questions. I just put two and two together because, again, transparency. We just recorded. I our, just thought of that too. <laughs> we just recorded a. I forgot if this. Who gives a shit? Uh, we recorded a high fidelity episode next a few week days ago. or next two weeks week. from now. Mm. Okay, whatever. Uh, who cares? Yeah, whatever. What I yeah we we whatever. Uh, but yes, I didn't realize that we have another John Cusack. Very, yeah. Very. I was just gonna say. I'll sure. Say. Uh, <laughs> We got another Bartok. We got these are I don't know. These aren't really interesting shots from the from the film. <laughs> um, here's one of the of the Duchess uh, Angela Lansbury with Dimitri. Um, Which, like, I know that we can't fault the actress who is in the movie or in the musical for not being Angela Lansbury. Oh, but like Angela Lansbury's alive. Why couldn't they get her? She's busy. <laughs> Too expensive, probably too. Also, I no, I'll give a shout out to Mary Beth Peel. She, the musical, which didn't get a lot of Tony love at all, 
It like did, but she got be- a best supporting actress nomination. Oh, that's awesome! Mary I didn't know Beth that. Peel, yeah. Had for her. Do you know? Do you know what would have gotten more Tony love for the musical if Bartok hadn't been we'll, cut? We'll get into that. We'll get and into I, that. I, <laughs> I turn out that Bartok was incredibly formidable to my current day sense He's, of humor. Bartok's um, great. Bartok's a lovely little bat, voiced by Hank Azaria, and I'll geek her, sir. He's a great fellow. Um, we love to see it. That line makes me laugh He's so good. hard. He's a good bat. Um, but yes, uh, let's uh, some context. Don Bluth, uh, Don Bluth, co-director of this film, uh, prolific uh, animation director. Um, you know him. You love him. Uh, he's famous for. So he was. He was working at Disney in, like, the late 70s, early 80s. He was one of, like, a bunch of people who was working on, like, The Fox and the Hound. It was, like, him and, like, Tim Burton and a few other animators who were just like, what the fuck are we doing? This Disney shit. Because, yeah, like, it's so weird to imagine today, but, like, early 80s, like, Disney was, like, almost bankrupt. Like, they were, like, in the shitter. Like, if, like... I thought you were going to say something like, Disney just was all about cocaine. <laughs> Probably that, too. I mean, maybe. It was the 80s. But no, they were, like, they were, like, uh, like especially, I would say, from an artistic point of view, they were just, like, not doing hearts. And, it, like, there was, like, a lot of, like, oh, is Disney going to fail? Like, is Disney going to, like... And, uh, honestly, that happened in, like, the mid-2000s as well. Like, you know, like, Chick- Home on the Range, Chicken Little, Meet the Robinsons era where people were just like, what the hell is Disney doing? So it seems to come in these, like, 20-year waves. So I guess we're right, we're right on cue for that to potentially happen again. But who knows? Now no, they say, now they're a monopoly, so whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, back before they were a monopolistic uh, entity of uh, capitalist garbage, um, people were just like, Fox and the Hound, the Black Cauldron, just like, what the hell are they doing? Um, so Don Bluth was like, I'm not going to be part of this machine. I'm going to make my own films and they're going to be great. And they're going to look how I want them to look and feel how I want them to feel. So he directs. And here we and are, I baby. Know he's still, uh, clearly still the reigning champion of the animation world. Uh, but no, he directs The Secret of Nim, <laughs> which is uh, a beautiful film. And I would argue his best film, uh, his first ever film. Um, it's really dark and really fun and just gorgeously animated. Um, really terrifying animation. Um, and just, I don't know, just done really, really well. And just, uh, I think it just it set itself apart from Disney animation with just how... The character design has this weird, and it's something that like goes through a lot of his movies. You know, obviously he does an American Tale, uh, Land Before Time, Troll in Central Park. Wait, did we look this up last time? Is he Jewish? He's not Jewish because, yes. but he is because an American Tale his, I is his, also his, very like, family. His family's like from like Eastern Europe, from what I remember. But he is so he loves yeah, Russia. But he's not. He's not Jewish per se. <laughs> but um, but he's but he's which like. Can we, we, I feel like this elephant in the room needs to be said kind of at the top. Like, this is the bad czar, everyone. Anastasia <laughs> comes from the czar who was killing Jews and is literally the reason my family came to America. They came because of the pogroms caused by Anastasia's dad. So, like, putting that out there, they suck. No, okay, I love that. And, and I All that. czars are bastards. All czars are bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Azab, Azab. Azab. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
but you gotta get the TZ, so it's like a tab. But this, and this ties in with the Fiddler on the Universe, the Fiddler on the Roof Universe, right? It does. Oh, right. They're in the yes. same. It's the it's the FCU, the Fiddler <laughs> Cinematic Universe. The Fiddler Theatrical Universe, yeah. Uh. Um, yeah, because oh, Perchik yeah. would have uh, been at the bloody revolution that preceded the revolution yeah. that takes place in at the beginning I'm of Anastasia. Say, Bran, Bran, I'm going to call on you for some uh, Russian historical context in just a second, right after I, I talk about it. And the FCU is, I'm, I'm part of the FCU, the Fiddler Cinematic so? Universe, <laughs> because the, the shtetl that my family came from is called Rajanka. Mm -hmm. Um, Rajanka, the person who originally wrote like the Fiddler on the Roof story, is also from Rajanka. Yeah, Shalom we get a shout out. Yeah. Um, we get a shout out in Fiddler on the Roof. They like say something. I can't remember the line, but like in the movie or the sh or the stage show or both, they say something like Rajanka, they're not doing hot or like something. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, I'm part of the Fiddler Cinematic well, Universe. I was going to say, I am also part of that universe because I played Laser Wolf in high school. Uh, that's, <laughs> that, is, that is why. <laughs> I played Fiedka as a professional, so I, I was the enemy. That. I can totally see that. I was the that. nice one. Yes. I can um, see that. But either way, but yeah, but I, I, even the films of Don Bluth that I don't like, I think this, the animation style can be very fun. Um, yeah, like I, I listed off some of his movies. Yeah, like Lion Before Time is a classic. Uh, Amer An American Tale. Rockadoodle mm -hmm. is fucking great. Uh, Titan, All Dogs Go to Heaven. All Dogs Go to Heaven. So scary. Titan AE. Um, oh, yeah. Like, but, yeah, which was his uh, final film to date. Uh, he's still alive and kicking as of this recording, but. Did he do all of the Land Before Time? Like no. all twenty-seven nope, of them? No, he just did the original, which I believe uh, uh, it okay. was distributed by Amblin, uh, Spielberg's company. So yeah, that was he, so. An American Tale and the Land, the Land Before Time did like really well at the box office, and I believe an American Tale like bested uh, what's it called? Uh, the other mouse movie, The Great Mouse Detective. Um, so, so people um, were like, oh, is this it? Like, other animation studios are kicking Disney's butt at the box office. Uh, is this going to be it? And then All Dogs... Thumbelina, didn't John Bluth do Thumbelina? He, yes, he did do Thumbelina as well. Yeah, he, oh. again, he's just like the, the herald <laughs> of this, like, the animated films that, like, haunt your childhood memories that you forgot even existed. Um, They're all kind of scary. They are. He, again, he's got a really distinctive, horrifying character design it's and it's again like some thumbelina yeah. man was was up there with anastasia carol channing isn't she a no, toad she's in a it? mouse um and she's no and she sings yep. a song called <laughs> marry the mole uh Mary the, mother, yes and the it's, so good. That, uh, it's so good uh, barry manilow wrote the song oh wow <laughs> now i want to go listen to him <laughs> yeah uh but maybe that's my answer to the final question oh no <laughs> It well, won't be. Mm, we think on it. Uh, but yeah, but All Dogs Go to Heaven. <laughs> it won't be. Uh, lost at the box office. It's, it went up against another film uh, called The Little Mermaid. Uh, and uh, so, well. so that's the thing. So again, like The Little Mermaid came along and the Disney Renaissance became the thing. And, so, and Don Bluth couldn't compete. His, his, his troll got lost in Central Park. His pebble <laughs> and his penguin just weren't good enough. Bottom um, of the ocean. Yes, lost in the ocean, um, now and forever. Um, so, do we credit Don Bluth for millennials having such like 
dark thoughts because all these musical. I was just going to say dark. we can credit the collapse of Western civilization for the reason that we have such dark thoughts. Yeah, I was going to say like uh, crumbling empire, really. Yeah, like yeah. Let's uh, let's give it to late, late stage, stage capitalism. capitalism we'll take it away. Two thousand eight financial crisis, nine eleven, uh, jinx. Uh, just any, but anyway, um, so twentieth century Fox was like. Uh, we want to make, and I, again, don't hold me to this, but I, from what I remember, 20th Century Fox was like, I mean, every, and this has happened recently, and it happens all the time, it's like, uh, film companies are like, we want to have an animation branch. We want to have a branch, because, like, they can make, we can just churn out some animated schlock, and, like, families <laughs> will go to see it, and we can make something. So 20th Century Fox in the 90s was like, we're going to make an animation branch, Don Bluth, you know, you had these hits in the late 80s, you're still doing stuff, um, how about you make a movie, and of course it's like, you, like, make a Disney movie, make us a Disney movie, like, this is, this is the brand, this is the stuff that they like, um, this was the, this came out the, like, the same year as Hercules, um, so it was, like, still, like, the peak of Disney Renaissance, so they were like, that feels so late, I know, that does feel late. I feel like Hercules came out in like 2015. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was 97. It was 1997. I mean, I know it came out in my childhood, but I also feel like my childhood was 2015. Well, so. <laughs> well, some of us were children before the 2016 election. So, you know. But yes. Uh, but either way, uh, so he was like, okay, great. So we're gonna make this Disney uh, film, Anastasia, <laughs> um, and it, and the the irony, of course, is that 20th Century Fox now belongs to Disney. So Anastasia is grandfathered into being a Disney film, which really makes me sad for Anya that she wasn't a part of the like all the like Disney princess merch that exists, sure. right? Because like because like now in theory she is a Disney sure. princess. But like when you go to Disney World and you like buy like a Disney princess thing, it doesn't I have used her. Used to be on that it. like proud stickler motherfucker who was like, "Well, actually, Anastasia I isn't a Disney film," and now it's like, "Well, ish." <laughs> it is. Who else didn't they just add somebody else? As well, because of a purchase they made. Well, like Princess Leia? I don't know. Well, there's that, I guess. <laughs> Princess Leia has been added. Not what I was thinking, but sure. Uh, oh, you know what? I think it was Groot. Groot, <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, and she looks great. So Anastasia, which is uh, based on this myth slash historical event. Uh, so yeah, like I said, uh, Rasputin and his demons. Uh, no, no, no. So uh, uh, the forces of economic unrest post World War One, along with social unrest and like the working class rising up against uh, the monarchs and the Romanov uh, monarch family in Russia, led to the Russian Revolution in 1917, I believe. Um, Bren, would you like to give us a little bit of sort of the actual historical context and the actual the actual <laughs> history of this of this event? Um, sure. So this was uh, Nicholas II was, uh, as he's lovingly called, Nicky in the stage show. Uh, he is not loving. He's not <laughs> loving. He killed a lot of Jews a lot of and people. also other he people. Also, this was also in the wake of the uh, Japanese-Russo War, which sort of decimated the country's money and supplies and didn't really, sort of just ended in a stalemate. 
Um, and this is all, as Ben said, uh, right immediately post World War One, um, and post the first Bolshevik Revolution in 1905, where Perchik from Fiddler on the Roof would have been hanging out. Uh, the unrest never really <laughs> stops, and the uh, what was called Bloody Sunday, that 1905 sort of sparking event, is uh, was a bunch of royal troops or royal imperial guard and uh, Cossacks opened fire on unarmed protesters that was mostly made of college students, working people, and, like, members of the clergy. Uh, and that really galvanized the rest of the working people and students on the side of these sort of more radical uh, individuals. Uh, and then it wasn't... It was barely 13 years later, right after the opening of this movie, um, that Nicholas II abdicated the throne officially... They were, they, the whole family was taken to Siberia where they were held for like uh, a three weeks or something and then all killed. Uh, and uh, supposedly at the siege of the palace and whenever they were fleeing to Siberia is whenever this mythical daughter, Anastasia, uh, escaped to Europe to blah, blah, blah uh, and the, the events of the movie. Um, I thought also was interesting is that Nicholas II's wife was a great-granddaughter of Queen Victoria. Oh, um, okay. And that sure. was sort of one of those marriages, you know, to unify um, monarchies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. we'll, and, uh, great, uh, cool. <laughs> and Yeah, great. And she hated Russia, and she thought it was a backwards podunk country, and she wanted nothing to do with it, and oh, really wow. looked down on the citizens, and therefore they, like really hated her or more than they already hated the monarchy. Oh, dang. Uh, and Rasputin was her, like, personal spiritual uh, advisor, and he was sort of looked at as, uh, as, like, a heretic by the rest of the Russian Orthodox Church because of all these weird things he did. He was rumored to, like, have crazy, like, tantric sex orgies and... Uh, I like to think he and... I like to think he and Alexandria... Is it Alexandria or Alexandra? I can't remember. Whatever. I like to think that they banged a lot in the tantric sex orgy she was a part He supposedly of. had a huge dick also, which is a fun part of that Aww. lore. Um, but also he was mostly brought on to look after and tutor the uh, the 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 heir that had um, hemophilia. I can't remember his name right now. I'm totally blanking Every the youngest brother. Every time we reference him. Every time we reference him, can we call him Rasputin Big I was going to say Big Dick Rasputin, but yeah, either way. Oh, that's that's, that's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, Brittany, you you did <laughs> promise to try and make this the the horniest episode of our podcast, and I <laughs> I did. And we're already going ba there, ba ba baby. Ba Give me that ba Rasputin ba dick. <laughs> Uh, Cartoon threesomes and big dick Rasputin energy. Christopher Lloyd. Talk about ASMR. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd. You, like I, that you know what? Find 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 some fun times to just put sprinkle that throughout the episode. <laughs> Have fun editing that, baby. <laughs> so Don Bluth. Uh, so just some fun facts about the film. Uh, so Don Bluth. Uh, Meg Ryan, of course, was his first choice to play sure. the. To Play the eighteen-year-old Anya. Loopy. Yes, makes sense. Um, uh, he he loved the idea of having this evil Rasputin and the evil Bartok bat sidekick. Like he was all about, and like, and you can tell. And this is something that like I also like really want to get into because the animation in this film uh, is kind of unhinged. It's kind of all over the place. Um, there is a huge disparity between 
let's say the central heroic characters and then like the comic side characters i think a really good example of this is in the scene where anya is leaving her like orphanage to go get a job at the fishmonger and she and like the the old woman like who's in charge of the orphanage is like leading her out and she is just like such a different at design style to Anya, so, like, Anya, like, looks like a Disney princess. She, like, has these sort of very realistic human features, like, proportions and all that. And then, yeah, this woman looks like a character from, yeah, like, the Black Cauldron. She's just got, like, very, very, Cute. like, char caricaturesque, like, features. Like, an elongated face, big eyes. Um, I know they did um a Bartok spin-off. They did Bartok the Magnificent, but I would also... yes. I would also watch a spinoff yeah, about her. I mean, her. she again. Speaking of like comedic influences, I feel like she is a huge. I feel she, like you played that character is. in a show I saw you in. I pretty much play that character in every show. Um, I if we're talking about '90s cartoons that are not Disney, um, Swan Princess. Sure. Um, wow. Also, do you know you know in Swan Princess how um the guy who's his voice is like that? Who voices that guy? You. I feel like it's someone famous. Um. <laughs> But uh, he has, like, a sidekick, like, little witch lady. Oh. And she, you have to look her up. Like, I really want you to look her up. Look her up. Um, she's so influential on in who I am. There's, like, this one <laughs> scene where, like, she, like the, the bad guy, like, does a spell so that she looks like Odette. And so mm -hmm. that, like, he professes his love to, like, the wrong person. And, like, she takes off and, like, the spell wears off. And she's like... <laughs> <laughs> and like it's she's amazing so i would say those you've two got, yeah. yeah those two you've and Bartok. Some, like really good crone energy to you i support this yeah that is yeah, so kind always. thank you <laughs> absolutely um but yeah and and i will so yeah so the animation style is just like so and you can tell especially in the best number in the movie which we'll get to like that's where bluth and his team is just having the most fun um, and I feel like <laughs> definition of go yes, off. exactly. <laughs> like they didn't have to go so hard in uh in in that number, but in but yeah, we'll talk about it in a second. Um, but yeah, it's just you can see sort of where his interests lie, sort of like where the animation is the most exciting in the film. Um, and then this ended up being uh, Don Bluth's highest grossing film, um, of his career. Um, and it was his first hit since All Dogs Go to Heaven. Um, and then he uh, made t Titan AE, and everyone was like, no, thank you. And then he has not made Except it. Except me. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I liked it. I gotta watch it. I haven't I gotta seen it. watch it. It's probably not good. I liked it then, though. I don't know. It's it was like, like blue guys, Matt Damon's in it with that mushroom haircut. Which Dimitri has. Pretty much the same haircut. Jim Hawkins has it in Treasure mm -hmm. Planet. It was mm -hmm. just Milo has it in Atlantis. Um, uh, yeah. Um, Oh, Atlantis. That's who I was thinking of. And honestly, like I said, hot. I dug it. I was yeah. into it. In dug it or dig it? Are you still into it? Um, not on real sure. people, but on right. cartoons. Okay. Great. Like if I saw if I saw a real human man with that haircut, I would know that he like listens to Joe Rogan or like something <laughs> like that. If I saw if I saw a cartoon with that haircut, I'd be like. Yeah, daddy. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Nope. It's this is it. This is you. This is... No, I'm sorry. If we're talking about daddies and Anastasia, that's who Vlad is. Oh, Come sure. on. Of course. Mm. Yeah, Kelsey Gra Kelsey Grammer's yeah. Uh, not Kelsey Grammer, but Vlad, yes. Well, Kelsey yeah. Grammer's no, no, not no, no, a daddy. No. Uh 
But yeah, so like I said, <laughs> but yeah, like I said earlier, so Lanerans <laughs> and Stephen Flaherty, who uh, we'll, we'll get into uh, once we're in musical talk, but yeah, they were. Uh, yeah, musical. We love to Sorry. See it. Yes. Um, but they were brought on <laughs> to write songs. This was, I mean, this was around the time of Ragtime. Um, but like, I think they were like mainly like they had Once on This Island, they had My Favorite Year, and I think they were sort of people were still like, oh yeah, these guys are really good at what they do. Um, but yeah, they were brought on to write these uh pretty banging songs for the most part. Uh, and but they, yeah, they were truly uh not fans of the historical inaccuracies of it all. Um, sucks to suck. Uh, yeah, the musical also was so historically inaccurate. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, I know, they're all. They all suck. Uh, there's nothing. Nothing truthful. Um. So yeah, I don't. I don't want to go too much into detail. Uh, with this, uh, with the musical, like, oh, with the with the film, rather. I mean, and the the. I would say, like, the central plot outside of their Asputin Bartok stuff is actually pretty much the same in both uh in both the show and the in the both the film and the stage show. Which is yeah. good. Yeah, I mean like it starts off with like the Romanov family, um, the grandmother, yeah, voiced by Angela Lansbury, gives this music box or yeah, has this music box uh that she like wants to impart to uh, Anastasia, her granddaughter, but the, uh, Rasputin has cursed the Romanov family, and he uses dark magic to cause social uh, class uprising. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I love uh, throwing the systemic uprisings on this one guy, this one evil wizard, of course. And Bartok. And Bartok, yes. Cannot forget. Some <laughs> evil wizard named Vladimir Lenin, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so they they're all killed uh except for uh the uh the duchess angela lansbury who that's just what i'm gonna call her who uh goes off to paris <laughs> and anya who uh gets left behind uh but forgets everything and dimitri as a young boy is the one who helps them escape the castle um mm -hmm. but then we get this uh opening number have you heard there's a rumor in saint petersburg which let Please. me say, I know that you said uh, "In the Dark of the Night" is the slappiest slap songs, but this song is so funny. And my biggest gripe with the musical, for those that have not gathered yet, I am much more. I enjoy the movie much more than sure. I did the musical. Um, but all the funny lyrics they cut out, like at the beginning, um, it's like a. Uh, have you heard there's a rumor in St. Petersburg? Have you heard what they're saying on the streets? <laughs> although the czar did, although the czar did not survive, one daughter may be still alive. <laughs> and it's all these fun characters that they caught. Uh, and it's like the Princess Anastasia, but please do not repeat. Yeah. And then and then there's a guy who says, My underwear got frozen standing here all mm -hmm, week. Mm -hmm. And they cut they that did. out. And then the very last line. <laughs> Where it's the little guy hanging yeah. on the thing with the bird. Who knows? And they yeah. go, and he goes, who knows? But in the musical, they made it this like long note that's like, who knows? And it was like the whole company. And I'm like, I don't well, yeah, care I mean, for that. I want the I little bird man. I know you want the little bird man. <laughs> I know you do. Uh, I'm not saying you shouldn't <laughs> get the little bird man. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah. I mean, they, yeah, they, uh, they wrote those lyrics and they had those moments for visual cues that they just were not able to replicate on stage. So I get it, but it is disappointing. I uh, completely. 
whatever. I I detest the argument they couldn't replicate it on stage because I guarantee that's the argument about Bartok, and I would love to see a man in a giant suit playing a bi- playing a bat. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I would have loved love to, to see, see you playing a, a so, giant bat on stage. Uh, I would love to wear a giant bat costume and yeah. be Bartok. That's Not my dream. Not in a production role. of Anastasia, just in general. <laughs> no. Just in like the just in like the nut. On the yeah, I was just gonna just in like a Christmas Carol at the Goodman, just like show up on stage <laughs> in a in a Bartok costume. Yes, I'll do it. Fucking dare you. Um, we get uh the first uh the Academy Award nominated banger uh Journey to the Past uh which Anya sings as she. Uh, she's okay. like, where do I go? Give me a sign. And then this, this dumb fucking puppy. Yeah, uh-uh. I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing mm-hmm. up this puppy who I, what the hell is his name? Puka? Puka. Again, another fucking trying to like replicate the cute animal sidekick from a Disney film. So they get this. Yeah, his ears are flapping. I can see Britney's doing these things uh, with, with her hands. He's very cute. Um. But I don't care. <laughs> he's, a, he's a stupid dog. Puka was real um, Nico, 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 Nico energy. The from Pocahontas. Sure. Yeah. Ooh. Puka has real Miko yeah. energy. Um, and I don't like Miko, Miko either. Is... <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, are you kidding? When Miko stuffs the little crackers on his cheeks, how freaking cute I, is that? I don't want crackers. I don't want that fucking raccoon to have those crackers. Give them to me. What I want. I love him. I, I love him. I know you do. I'm sure you do. But no, Journey to the Past is a banger. I like it a lot. It's a good again, they write they write good songs, Aaron said Flatty. They're a they're a they're a good duo. They're a good team. Um and then she has this yeah, I mean the songs are good. Like Once Upon a December, which is like the song that she sort of shares with her grandmother. It's the one that comes from the music box. It's the one that she sings as she journeys back to the abandoned Romanov castle palace. Um, and yeah, Dimitri and Vlad, uh, John Cusack and uh, Kelsey Grammer, respectively, have this scheme where they're gonna find a fake Anastasia to trick the Grand Duchess to then get this reward, and then they see up. So instead, they find a deeply traumatized woman and <laughs> gaslight her. Exactly, but then, but uh, maybe it's her. You don't know. It could be her. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so yeah, so they're like, wait, you look just like her. She's like standing next to the painting that has like the same eyes. They're like, you just, just like her. Um, so, but then Bartok, I guess, is sleeping up in the little top, tippity top of the, of the palace. And he's like, Anastasia's alive. Uh, and then he gets <laughs> sucked it's back. pretty good, Ben. I say. It's pretty it's accurate. Really good, <laughs> I, I, well, listen, I, maybe I've watched this movie a lot. Maybe I've just watched Bartok compila- compilations. Uh, <laughs> I'm just really jealous. I wish I could do it. It's a blessing and a curse, you know? Uh, speaking of, uh, <laughs> Bartok gets brought down to Limbo, where Sir Rasputin's curse was for all of the Romanovs to die. They didn't all die. Anya's still alive, so he's stuck in limbo. And so, but now he has the chance to to find her, to get her. And he's got his magical like soul vial, whatever the fuck, and he's gonna get his revenge. Sure. I don't know who gives a shit. Well, the Mac- yeah, MacGuffin, the green soul MacGuffin. Vial. Yes. Um, and then of course, so he sings what is, in my estimation, uh, the best song in the film, "In the Dark of the Night." It's so, so good. It's here's so the good. It's the best villain it's song. It's probably the best villain song. Here's, so here's the thing about In the Dark Tonight. Uh, it sounds 
like a Jim Steinman song. Jim Steinman, of course, is the late great songwriter who pretty much wrote all of Meatloaf's hits. He wrote, like, the entire Bad Out of Hell album. He wrote I Would Do Anything for Love. Um, Jesus Christ, uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Um, just, like, so many, like, 80s uh, glam rock pop bangers. Um, absolute legend. And he produced this song, which is bananas to me. They're not only, like, it has that energy, and it's like, oh, yeah. I only found out, like, a, while I was doing research for this, that he produced this thing, um, which is kind of brilliant. And, I th and I'm just a sucker for mm -hmm. that. I'm just a sucker for Jim Steinman. Um, may he rest like a bat out of hell. I don't know where the hell he is. Hey, there you go. There we go. I tied <laughs> it in some. Very recently deceased, right? Very, yeah. Like when, a month ago. I'll tell you, he... He died the first yeah, he, day. He passed away when we were. Is oh, that, yeah. yeah. When, the first time we tried to record <laughs> this is when he died. Uh, what a cursed oh, day wow. that was. Seriously. Um, but yeah, that song's absolutely great. It's so, again, like that's where you can see, like, oh, Don Bluth is having the time of his life directing this sequence. Cool little bug guys. And little I, bugs. Little bugs dancing little bug around. Guys. And I think all the Rasputin animation he was too. Like, um, I think Bran mentioned this last time, but there's like that, that shot where he like goes inside of his own skeleton. Oh, yeah, later like... he gets depressed and his head goes in his rib cage. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and, like, yeah, so he's go, yeah, he's like decomposing like for most of the film. It's very, he's like lips full, like down Into his, his beard. beard. So yes. funny. I've never rooted for a villain the way I have yeah. for Rasputin. I think he's my favorite he's villain. He's voiced by Christopher Lloyd. Does a great job. Christopher Lloyd mm -hmm. does not sing uh, for In the Dark of the Night. Uh, it's voiced by Jim Cummings, the incomparable uh, voice actor who... Oh, yeah. Who, again, does, does mm -hmm. a pretty spot-on Christopher Lloyd impression. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so many fucking demons. Uh, so many fun bugs. Um, just an absolute banger of a, of a song. Um, and it was cut from the stage show. <laughs> it literally is the best song they cut. And I I just don't understand why Rasputin and Bartok had to be cut from the I, stage show. I, I do not. It. They wanted it to be more quote-unquote historically accurate. They didn't want the magic well, in and, the show. And make they it... didn't want that. They wanted mm -hmm. it to be a completely down, I'm doing air quotes, down-to-earth, realistic version of this story. I know you don't agree. I'm, just, I'm not saying that it's better. I, I mean, I think there's more interesting elements and I, I like, I kind of, I, I admire the, I admire what they were going for. I admire that they were trying to do something new, um, but I completely get that it, like, it wasn't as, it, it, it totally, it wasn't what you wanted. That's fine, Brittany Handler. It was, it was just <laughs> so far from what made everything about the movie good because, well, here's the thing. One bit, like when I was a kid and I loved this movie so much, I like loved like Anya, I loved the love story, I loved like all that, like whatever. But like, I really didn't realize how much I loved the Rasputin and Bartok aspect until they Do were you think not there's in it. Is uh, Rasputin and Bartok slash fic? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. A hundred percent. Okay. Well, uh, big dick uh -huh. Rasputin, and it like probably comes off and comes back on because his body like just all comes <laughs> apart, you know? <laughs> Oh my god, that would have been such a fun thing for uh, Don Bluth to animate. <laughs> hey, maybe he did secretly, like under. I, I don't know how that works. <laughs> he's able. To, he's able to suck his own dick because his giant dick comes off. Because yeah, sorry. exactly. Yeah, Rasputin auditioned to be in uh, Short Bus. Uh, whatever. 
Whatever. <laughs> That's my reference that maybe some listeners will get. Uh, anyway, um, then we... Uh, so, the, I guess the quote-unquote fun thing about this is that it's both uh, the Anastasia story, but it's also, like, a kind of weird My Fair Lady riff. So it's like the, oh, we're going to teach this, oh, like, sure. young girl, like, how to be a proper, like... Russian Duchess, uh, piece of Russian royalty. So we get the song like "Learn to Do It," which is the big sort of like, um, teach you how to do. Da, da, ba, da, ba, ba. I don't know. That was consider yourself from Oliver. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, and Kelsey, hey, Kelsey Grammer got a nice voice. Uh, questionable, he does. questionable politics. He's got sure. a very nice yeah. voice. Kelsey Grammer. He's a Republican, but he has a great voice, so it redeems him, yeah, you know? Totally. Just kidding. Yeah, that's, that's the one. So I will say a very horrifying sequence is that they're on a boat heading to Paris, and the de- these demons, so like, trick Anastasia into, like, uh, like they paint this, like, colorful, like, mirage almost of, like, all of, like, the Romanovs, mm-hmm. like, swimming in a pool, having the, having the time of their lives, um... But it's a storm outside, and like she doesn't realize it. Um, it's really creepy. It's really, really horrifying. And then, can I ask you who saves her on the boat? Yeah. Oh, is it Dimitri? And how does Dimitri wake up to know to save her? No, no Dimitri. Dimitri like sees the. So uh, oh, so it's, no, yeah, who's yeah, so it's your. You're waking oh, oh, him. Oh God, are you are you trying to like? You, you fucking puka apologist trying to fucking like throw your pro puka agenda on me. It's not gonna fucking work. Dimitri would not have woken up if puka had not barked. So, God. anyway, let's continue. I like when he looks all squished when they get in the bed, though. He's like, beep. That's pretty cute. Who, puka? Yeah, Puka's like on his stomach, and then Kelsey Grammer gets on the top bunk, and he gets all squished. You know who's not in? <laughs> you know who's not in the stage adaptation of adaptation of Anastasia? I fucking Kelsey know. Grammer. <laughs> it's true, but also fucking Puka, that little piece of shit dog. Uh, <laughs> but they get to Paris, and they run into uh, an absolute icon of an animated character, Sophie voiced by Bernadette Peters. Um, she is such a fucking queen, this character. She is so hot. Mm-hmm. She is so nice. She's got a great voice. She sings about how Paris holds the key to your heart. She's great. Biggest mm-hmm. busted animated I'm... character in Western Ab- mainstream animation. Absolutely. At least in a G-rated mm-hmm. movie. Yes. PG, mm-hmm. probably. But Ah, uh, who cares? Um, who yes. cares? Big titties. <laughs> nice titties. Big titty Sophie. <laughs> Hell yeah. Big titty Sophie, big dick rescue. BDR, oh. baby. Horny <laughs> ass movie. Hashtag, Hashtag big dick Rasputin. Maybe we should put a poll out. <laughs> <laughs> well, ask, asking what? Wait, asking what? Big dick Rasputin like, or rather, big titty Sophie. Or big That's titty it. Sophie. Would you rather, would you rather or fuck? You, or a third option? Both. Or, yeah, sure. Sure. Um, I do like in... Uh, <laughs> I do like in Paris Holds the Key to Your Heart, where they're dancing through the pointillist paintings. I think that's a very nice sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, and but her little flapper outfit yeah. was the cutest. Oh yeah, I'm in love with it. Um, I will say, um, so I, I I feel like you were talking about sort of like your your absolute uh, hatred for the stage chef. 
um, before. And I will say, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I didn't really pin this at the top of this episode, but I will say, um, just as a whole, Anastasia, the film, I think it's fine. Like, I, I, like, I don't, I know that you love it, um, and I think there, are, there is stuff that I like about it, but I will just, like, say just in general for, for the listeners at home as well, I think this movie is okay. I think it is not, like, a masterpiece of, uh, of musical filmmaking or animated filmmaking. I think that, like, like I said, like, the animation is kind of all over the place. I think the storytelling's a little all over the place. I think Meg Ryan is kind of fantastically miscast as yeah. Anastasia. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking about this. You were talking about like Don Bluth coming out of like the eighties and all that. It actually makes a lot of sense that they cast Meg Ryan because oh, she was sure. like the rom com oh, no. queen. I, I right? get it. I understand why. Oh, you get it. I just I just, oh, it, I it never made that connection. Sure. That like that's why. Yeah. 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 Um. But yes. Uh. I don't know. So yeah, that's just me saying that. But yeah. So. Uh, Angela Lansbury is like, I'm done. I've seen all these fucking like women pretend to be Anastasia. I'm over it. No goodbye. No thank you. Um, but then Anya shows up and they like tr- she tries to like see her at this like what is it like a Cinderella ballet opera? Thing. <laughs> Can you, can you can you hear me okay? Yeah, you're a little quieter than you were though. It's odd. How about now? Great. <sighs> Sorry, I keep cutting out. Cursed. I, this episode is cursed. <laughs> Leave us alone, Rasputin. We're saying good things about you. Yeah, you're the best part of this fucking maybe movie. This means, maybe this means that one of the fam one of the Romanovs is still alive <laughs> and Rasputin has cursed <laughs> us. Until we find them and kill them. Maybe they're them. like a big shareholder of Zoom or something. And they're just um, been listening in. So either, I'm just going to... Cinderella fu- ball? Yeah, yeah. who gives a shit? Yeah. So they're at the sort of like Cinderella, like opera, ballet, whatever. I'm just going to rush through the end of this because we got to talk about this fucking stage show. Um, uh, eventually, <laughs> like, the grandmother realizes, oh, it is you. There you are, Anastasia. Um, but then, and so, like, everything, like, resolves in the end. But then we, we remember, oh, yeah, Rasputin is here. We've got to fucking figure that guy out. Um, <laughs> so he lures, again, fucking Puka. Puka's the one who distracts Anastasia to leave. So your fucking precious dog friend is an asshole who nearly kills Anastasia. But. Saved her from jumping well, off ain't a boat. ain't that a kick in the <laughs> face? Uh, and then Rasputin tries to kill her. Uh, this is the second animated film of 1997 that has a Pegasus in it. Um, this one a little, oh, yeah. a little more evil than the one in Hercules. Mm-hmm. This one uh, looks like some Trapper Keeper art. It's, it's terrifying. But then bad CG. But then yes, uh, Anya steps on the like the soul vial thing. She's like, "This is for Dimitri." Ah! Uh, <laughs> Girl Bartok. Sure, yes, it is it is kind of girl Bartok-y. Um and then but oh, yeah, but then oh yeah, well yeah, we'll get to that. Um but then Rasputin dies in a really horrifying way. Here's here's what's up. I wrote this down specifically. Uh he melts. His he just he melts. Uh he turns into a skeleton. The skeleton turns into dust. The dust blows away in the wind. Nightmarish. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the end of uh, the third Indiana Jones movie. Exactly. Holy Grail. Yeah. 
wanted for Rasputin, and he would have appreciated that his death happened. I think that so way. too. He would have appreciated that. Um, but Anya's like, you know what? I don't want to be part of a monarchy. I'm just gonna dance on a boat with my new uh, love, Dimitri. And then, of course, we get a nice shot of Bartok, who meets uh, a lovely lady bat, and we know that the bat is female because it is pink and has boobs. Because uh, of her huge yeah. titties. What is this, Sophie? <laughs> She's got a, this bat's got. She has like long eyelashes too, probably. Yeah, it's again, yeah. It's like you can't think it's that. Classic. You can't think that Bartok likes a boy bat. We gotta fucking code this shit that it's a girl bat. <laughs> Hashtag girl bat. <laughs> Hashtag girl bats with big ass titties. Uh, so that's Anastasia. That's a good shirt. <laughs> Yeah, super yucky. Get on it. Uh, but no. So I think uh, Anastasia's fine. It is there's some good stuff in 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 the Dark of the Night slaps. Uh, it was nominated for an Oscar for best song uh, for Journey to the Past. Uh, it did not win. Uh, Hercules's uh, Go the Distance was also nominated for best song, and neither of the but that also did not win. Of course, wasn't it? Ta- yep. It was. It was. It was- My heart will go on from Titanic. Which I would say in the dark of the night is better. Wow. Sorry, Celine. Bold, hot take wow. from Brittany Handler. <laughs> I mean, that's certainly not Celine Sorry. Dion's best song. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, Anastasia, 20 years later, creators were like, let's do this again. Like, like, like the future episode of mu- movie the musical. Let's try this take on Anastasia again. <laughs> let's uh, let's see what we can get. Trying to be more accurate. Um. So yeah. So Lynn Aarons and Stephen Flatty are writing songs again. They get their old pal Terrence McNally, who wrote the book for Ragtime. Uh, they bring him on to write the book for this show. And yeah. So like I said, Lynn Aarons and Stephen Flatty. I mean, yeah. Uh, Once on this island. Ragtime, Susical. Thank course, you. I, know, I was afraid I you were gonna Never. skip it. How could you? Um, notice f- me, Horton. My- notice you gotta. So wait, okay. Uh, notice me, Horton. Um, my bat mitzvah project <laughs> was. Um, my bat mitzvah project was I uh, organized a touring show and we went around to nursing homes wow. and performed for them. And um, we did it for like two years. It was called Amazing. Kids Who Care. And my sister, my little sister and I would sing one of the th- songs we would do for them was Notice Aww. Me Horton. And she had this little elephant visor. Oh. She was, she's five years younger than me. So I was 13. I can't do math. What, whatever that makes her. Um, and <laughs> eight. Um, <laughs> but it didn't take that long to do the math. So she had this little elephant visor and she'd be like, over and over, clover by clover. And I had this like, Purple leotard with this elaborate ass boa. It's very anyway. cute. I Adorable. I love that. I love musical stories. Susical's a very, very fun show. We could talk for hours about that show, mm-hmm. but we're not going to because we have to talk about Anastasia, uh, the Broadway musical. <laughs> uh, 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 Everyone's favorite character. Oh, well, oh, we'll we'll get to the best character in Anastasia, <laughs> the musical. My favorite character. Um, but yeah, so they wanted to. Oh, and I will say this. So. This is, of course, yeah, it is based on the, the uh, 97 animated film, but it is also semi-inspired by the 1956 mm. film Anastasia, uh, directed by Anatole Litvak, starring Ingrid Bergman, um, which sort of has similar realistic elements to this. So it's like they wanted, again, they wanted it to be like a very classy uh, version of this story, I suppose. But it's... Was the movie based on that movie? Like the animated Not movie? Directly. I think they were obviously they were both pulled from the Anastasia myth, 
but or the Anastasia like historical event. Yeah. But, like I don't know. Uh, it was it was uh, yeah. They they. Uh, it's all a weird conglomerate of like history and uh, fact and fiction mm-hmm. and myth and <laughs> more lo- fiction. lots of fiction, a lot, a lot of fiction. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they uh, they tried the the show tried out at Hartford Stage uh, uh, a few months before Broadway, uh, directed by uh, Hartford Hartford. Yeah, I think Hartford Stage. Yeah, directed by the artistic director uh, Darko Trezniak, who is famous for uh, directing A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder on Broadway. Which he won a Tony Award for, um, and uh, they well, it was interesting because this is like we talk about nostalgia a lot in the show, like that's sort of like baked into the premise, right? Uh, people's sure. no- people's nostalgia for the film properties that are being adapted, and sort of how uh, a lot of these properties mm-hmm. are for them. A, a lot of these properties are sort of banking on that nostalgia, right? They're like, oh, we want you t- remembering this film. To sort of fuel you buying tickets and fueling you to want to see this thing, and it's interesting because it's like, oh, obviously that's that's the same here, right? We we have the the Britney handlers of the world who love this film as a child who are gonna pay top <laughs> dollar to come see this thing on Broadway. But it's but again, but then there's the thing of like, oh, well they're gonna come see it, but then they're gonna see it and like, yeah, they'll be like, where the fuck's Bartok? Where the hell is in the dark of the night? You know, the reason I never have seen it live is because I refuse yeah, to because of Bartok. Go. But it, so it's interesting to be like, oh. And we, we Bartok can't... boycott. Uh, hashtag Bartok boycott. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want one of those, you know, those like rats that they have. Scabby. Outside of, like, Scabby the rat. Yes. 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 I want one of those. I want a Bartok size. Yes. Like that. <laughs> oh. I'll stand outside of any theater that shows oh, Anastasia. That's so funny. That's amazing. I'm here for it. I will find. I will design that somehow, some way. Um, but yeah, so so it's interesting because yeah, with this and this came up a little bit on our Beetlejuice episode. You know, you're talking about like you want to satiate uh, nostalgia for folks, but then you're but you're also giving them something new. So it's like, are you really going to be like, is their nostalgia actually going to be satiated because they're not actually getting the thing that they came to see? But what Lynn Aaron said at the the Hartford uh, tryout. Uh, like young, like some like young girls came to see it, or like twenty something women came to see it, and they were like, "Oh, I'm so happy that this musical grew up with me." So that this is this is Lynn's first hand account of like what these people said. So of course your mileage will vary, but that's sort of that cemented for her. She's like, "I want to write this for the people who grew up with Anastasia." So we're not tapping into like your childhood. We're giving you something more mature for you for those of you who loved the film as a child we're telling you that communism is really yeah, bad well, okay, so that's, okay so that is that is a fair point so, so in the musical i would definitely say the stage show is a lot more anti-communist oh my God. than the film it's so red scary it's so much lot farther Lynn removed too this like the ussr has fallen 20 years ago y'all get over it was like we want you to grow up with movie and embrace capitalism it's so yeah there's so much more like because it's so essentially what happens is because it's fascinating so yeah i said so like i said uh it's pretty much the same the story for the most part is pretty much the same are the basic the basics of anya's story is pretty much the same the a plot yes the a plot is very much the same which is why I'm like, and I think this is where you're going, Ben, so I apologize. Oh, please, but, thank you. Which is, why, 
Which is why I'm like, why do we need a yes, villain in this exactly at all? That is exactly where I'm going. So that's the Truly. thing. Like, um, because yeah, like I said, Rasputin comes back at the end of the film, uh, because he has to, because he's a character that exists uh within the diegesis of the film. So he has to come back. <laughs> um but uh so yeah, that's so but I guess the 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 mental math, the calculations that were going on in Aaron's Flatty and McNally's minds were like, oh, okay, so we can't have Rasputin because Rasputin, as he exists in the movie, is a magical being, and we don't want magic. We want it to be completely real. But in their yeah, so in their estimation, they're like, but we have to have a villain. We have to have some kind of antagonistic force working in that same role. And of course, in their fucking like pro-American, pro-democracy, pro quote unquote <laughs> democracy, pro-capitalist minds, they're like communism. That's it. So essentially, <laughs> yeah. oh, beautiful. Would the story have been if it was just okay? Fine, you want to cut Rasputin? Okay, but if it's just about this young woman who lost who she was and she finds well, that again, so it, wow, well, it's so beautiful. funny because yeah, that would it would actually be an even more mature story to just not even have Absolutely. a villain character, yeah. but instead. Especially for, like, young yeah. girls who grew up with mm -hmm. it to be like, oh, like, you're all you need. Like, find yourself, whatever. Like, amazing, because I've found myself since that animated movie came so. out. I 20 years, you're a different person than you were when you were, well, like, six. <laughs> or how I, I don't whatever. think I am. Uh, but anyway. Uh, but So, yeah, so the villain is... His 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 name is Gleb. His name is Gleb. Oh yeah, Gleb. <laughs> How can you? I keep forgetting his name. I was waiting for it. I was waiting so, yeah, for so, it. Here's here's the thing about Gleb. Gleb is Gleb. A, Gleb. <laughs> yeah, I just I just love saying it. Gleb. Gleb. It sounds like, yeah, it sounds like a body Gleb. function. Gleb. Like Gleb. <laughs> It's a good, it's kind of a good vocal warm up, honestly. Like, because you start, it's like uses every side of your tongue, you know? Glab, 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 glab. Yeah, and I think it was last time, but it's a very onomatopoeic name. I think it is. It's like you get hit in the gut. Glab, glab. But no, so, this is a traditional Russian name. That's what I'm saying. That's literally what I was going to say. So, Gleb is a name. It is like, it's not something that, like, they just fucking pulled from whole cloth. Like, it is an actual Russian name. Like, I get it. Like, but it's not a villain name, y'all. Like, it's, like, there's a moment near the end. So, yeah, so essentially, the final conflict is, like, again, like, Anya has gone through her complete dramatic, like, arc. Like, she's made her decision that she doesn't want to be a monarch, that she wants to go with Dimitri. Like, nothing else has sh needs to shift in her character. And then <laughs> Gleb shows up, like, with a, with a gun! With, like a, with a gun! The name Gleb. Okay, it's a name. There, there are so many Russian names that sound very scary. Like, like <laughs> Gleb, a villain, needs to have a V in his name. Like sure, he's a Russian villain. Give him a. And v if you're gonna go with the, if you're gonna be so red scary about it, why not just call him Vladimir? Like, go for it, baby. <laughs> there you go. Go big or go home. Because well, we already got Vlad. We already got Vlad. Oh yeah, there's a Vlad. Couldn't really have two. I I will at some point read some of my notes apps that I my notes that I was taking on my notes app during this movie. If you like, I mean, we're, we're Brittany, we're way past the fucking movie. That that time came and went. No, 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 I no. I'm sorry. I wrote this um, 
while I was watching oh, the musical. Oh, okay, good, 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 While good, I was good, watching good, the musical. Okay, I, oh, really, I just need to say, I think I'm stupid because who are the good guys here? I thought we like communists. We, we do. <laughs> and then I said, is this hot man just bad because he's a Bolshevik? Because Gleb is very hot. I yeah, Ramin. Yeah, Ramin uh, Karimloo. He's a fucking beautiful, and he's got a great ow, voice. Ow. I also, mm. it, it also sucks because mm-hmm. his songs are not good in the show. Um, his The Neva <laughs> flows. Just like, what the fuck is that? What the hell is that? Weird um, but no, but I, what, what I was building up to is that in that final confrontation, Anya's like, you'll never get away with this, Gleb. And it's like, you can't, how, like, <laughs> fucking, Christ, Christ, what's, her, what's her name? Christy Altamere, the, Almata, the, who, yeah. Christy, who plays, who played Anya on Broadway. Fucking props for, for having eight times a week, having to say <laughs> that with a straight face. You'll never, you'll never get away with this, Gleb. Nightmarish. <laughs> Funniest thing about this musical. Gosh, that ridiculous. Line. Um, but yeah. So, I, like I said, so it's. I would say I, I don't know. I don't know. The songs. The songs are fine. I mean, obviously they keep all of the songs from the film. Um, they move the order around a little bit. So, Journey to the Past is actually the Act One finale, and I'm going to make this argument again, and I made it on our first time we recorded, but I'm going to make it for the listeners. So, it's the same thing as Let It Go. Obviously, we're going to... Ooh. So, it's it's the same thing. We're going to have a whole episode on the film Frozen and the musical Frozen, but it's I, I think it's comparable to that, where they were like, Let It Go has to be our Act One finale. Like, there is no way that we can just, like, have Let It Go in the middle of an act and, like, have stuff going on. Like, that is the showstopper. That's what people came here to see. So we have to end the act with it. And, I, I Brittany, I can see on your face that you're going to disagree with the thing I'm about to say. But, again, this is just in, clearly in the musical creator's estimation, they were, had a similar thought where they were like, Journey to the Past is our big number for our title character. This is has to this has to be the thing that hammers home the end of Act One. I I know you don't agree with it. I'm just saying that that I'm guessing why that decision was made. I I understand that and I see that, but I think one reason why it bothers me so much is it's her I wish number. We don't technically I'm using air quotes, but we don't technically know what her yeah. wish is. Until she sings the I wish number. So if we get a character's I wish number at the end of act one, what the fuck have they been doing well, the she, whole She act? had the really like, memorable song called In My Dreams. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> and is that yeah, it's not okay. in the beginning sequence? That's after she is a grown up? Yes. Yeah, in My Dreams? Yes. That opening is so confusing in the musical because she's like a kid and then she's a teenager for a second. And then she's yeah. shot. But that's what she loses. Doesn't she get shot? Yeah, the Russian revolution. Yeah, the Russian revolution just happens like sure, for like a second. Like, she gets shot. Like, where does she get shot so that she loses her memory and doesn't die? I, I, I listen. Very confusing. Have you ever heard of Fran? Have you ever heard of Phineas Gage? Maybe it was that kind of moment. No, but sure. You have. Oh, I thought every. I, well, I, well, American education system, man. Basically, he was a guy who got a railroad peg oh, shot through his head. Oh, and it just... sure. <laughs> and he was like, cool <laughs> still, right? <laughs> yeah, his, like, per- his personality like changed a little bit, but he was probably cooler. Or that honestly. chicken that got its head it. cut off, but like still lived and was like a friend to yeah. all. Bob- I think his name was Bob the Headless Chicken. Kind of the same thing going on there. Maybe he was descended yeah, maybe from that's Russian what monarchy. <laughs> 
What the fuck are you talking? Yeah, what is it? I'm just gonna. Moment. I don't know. I'm just gonna call out. What the fuck are you two talking about? What the hell is going on? I, we're just trying to make sense of this implausible musical adaptation. Of why she was shot in the head. This is where I took my first note on my notes app that just says "Czar problematic." <laughs> That's that. I, I you should just A-cab. like you should Azab Azab. Um, what if you just tweeted that one day? Zaw equals problematic. <laughs> oh my gosh, the fucking oh the, 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 the quote tweets on that one. Uh, but so here's the thing. Uh, like I said, the songs in the show, outside of the ones that they pulled from the film, uh, aren't really very memorable. Aren't really that great. A lot of them are just sort of like t- melodies from the musical from the film that they've just like created sort of new songs for. Um, and you co-opt in the dark of the night yeah, for melody that song, and put oh, yeah, it for like elsewhere. the fake like Anatevka song, like this. So there's like the moment. Oh yeah, it's the literal opposite of Anatevka. Anatevka, they're like talking about how they love this place. That this star is killing <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> It's literally the yeah, so yeah, the song where they're like about to leave like Russia to go to Paris, and they sing the song called like "Stay I Pray You," and it still has that like da 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 da. da. That's like the me- the melody from In the Dark mm-hmm. of the Night, and that's like the only remnant of In the Dark of the Night. Like, if you're gonna have your villain character Gleb, at least like use In the Dark of the Night, and like I don't know, like th- again, Aaron's a flatty, they're talented motherfuckers. I'm sure they could have found a way to like give him like a. a a, a villain song with a little oomph uh, well, with that melody. I want, I want in the dark of the night exactly as is, but Bleb does it. They don't change anything about, about the lyrics, the song. Yeah. I was once Gleb the most story. mystical man in all Russia. Were you Gleb? When did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more. When the royals betrayed me, they made a mistake. Whoa, 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 whoa. What the fuck are you talking about, Gleb? Um, I will, I will say... <laughs> The only song, um, cause yeah, like, uh, even the fucking, like, they give, uh, the Duchess, like, the song called, like, Close the Door. Again, like, all these songs went, like, in one ear and out the other. It's really sad. Again, cause, like, I like Aaron's and Flaherty. They are good at what they do, clearly. Um, but, like, just the songs that they wrote for the stage show are just, like, they are so serviceable in a really forgetful way, which is really sad. The only mm-hmm. one that really stuck for me... Um, which even like dramaturgically, I don't think it's a great song, but I just like it just compositionally is my Petersburg. It's the one that like Dimitri sings in act one, um, where he's singing about my Petersburg, but like, it's also again, it's hot musical theater boy singing a song. Yeah, it is hot musical mm-hmm. theater boy singing a song. And I think he does a great job with it. And I've listened mm-hmm. to it, uh, on repeat a lot. And I think it's a, it's a nice song <laughs> and that's that on that, but everything else is really uh unmemorable um Mm -hmm. but yeah and i would say yeah uh, the biggest thing is just like the complete sort of like overt anti-communism of it all there's like the moment where they're like uh on the on the car like riding to paris and they're like oh well everyone is equal now and it's like yeah it's like yeah i would i would fucking hope so you asshole like oh they're kicking out all the intellectuals it's like well that's yeah that's how they were the first country into space that's definitely what they did but also no listen like like yeah go on go on brady 
there's definitely a line in there. It has something to do with like first class or something like on the train. Like I feel like there was something about like uh, maybe I had a fever dream about something else, but I feel like there was some like line that was about like oh we're not even allowed to sit in first class anymore or something. <laughs> what, was this a fever dream or did this happen? <laughs> no, I think that's maybe when they're waiting at the train station. I think you're right. Yeah, I think and you're like, all right. Well, it's yeah. like some ensemble. It's like, yeah, there is no first class anymore, you idiot. You missed the whole point. I'm like, that's good. Yeah. But it would be one thing if it was even, I mean, the musical's not even, and this is classic like American Red Scare stuff. It's not even <laughs> anti communist, it's just anti Russia yeah. as the Soviet Union. Yeah. It's yeah. not even intelligent enough to be like, Pro capitalist or anything. It's just like we know that th- those are the bad guys in James Bond movies in the eighties. Get out I mean, of here! And also, like again, it's like a whole thing of like, oh, well, like this very this very specific government's like who was dictatorial in the way they run. Yeah, it's yeah, it's because they were fucking like authoritarian assholes. It's not because of <laughs> communism. You fucking dingbat. Yeah, yeah, that, and, that, and that was later. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that on that. It was going pretty good at this point. <laughs> Part of me wonders if, like, so the musical came out in 2017, right? It sure so, did. <laughs> like, wonders if, like, you know, all of the, oh, my God, you guys, I'm so tired. Putin, that's his name. Yep. <laughs> all of this, like, all this, like, Putin, Donald Trump stuff was, like, kind of popular then. So part of me wonders if they're like, oh, Russia is the bad guy again. Oh, my God. Uh, You're uh, probably uh, so uh, right. So yeah. Ugh, that's and even like, more like, annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, you're absolutely Gleb right. stole the election, y'all. <laughs> Stop the Gleb! Stop the Gleb! Gleb is just QAnon. Yeah, Glebanon. Yeah, it's Glebanon. Uh, the Gleb is coming. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Losing my mind with all this Gleb. Uh, but yeah, no, so like I said, everything like pretty much happens as is. Like I'm again, I don't know if it's just because these songs are complete nothing burgers or if it's because this is the second fucking time we've had to talk about this goddamn <laughs> nothing burger of a show. But I'm just like like it's the same. Like I I don't even know. Like again, I don't I'm not even the hugest fan of the movie. And like I here's the fucking heel turn. Here's the fucking uh 180 that happens. If I don't know if either of you distinctly remember, the first time we recorded this, I made the bold hot take that I like the stage show more than mm, the you movie. Did. I And I was mad. And you don't have to be mad anymore because I've like the more I thought about it in the <laughs> the weeks leading up to this, I'm like, what the hell was I talking about? This show is so unmemorable. It is such because- it is like in its attempt to like be more historically accurate it's more politically arguably dangerous than the film so here's my biggest gripe with the musical they were trying too hard to make it realist yes right musicals aren't realist when you try to make a musical realist it it doesn't Speed, right like i think bridges of madison county is a really good example like it had a really it like the music was beautiful the story is a good story but it's a you can't put that realism in a musical. So when you try to do that with this, you you take something that was so fantastical and goofy and fun and like, sure, Ben says it's average, but Ben's also an idiot. Uh, cool. Wow. <laughs> love, love that for me. Just kidding. Um, Thanks for coming but, on the pod, Brittany. <laughs> but, ben, but Ben says the movie was average, right? But what was fun about the movie was the fantastical stuff, the goofiness, the like silliness. You completely remove that from this musical and 
you know what I mean? And like the earnestness of musical theater is so cringe, right? Musical theater is cringe. Yep. We all know oh, yeah. musical theater is cringe. Cringe like, on main. It's a lot of cringe if you like have fun and make it this fantastical Anastasia, then like the cringe of being like, you'll never get away with it, Leb. <laughs> like <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna yes and what you're saying, Brittany, because Thank I you. think in all no, because I'm gonna say because I because I think I think you're absolute like I'm gonna say that like like fucking I don't know like most of Sondheim's work is very realistic and that shit's like a fucking a a, a bop so like I like I'm gonna uh, completely I'm gonna completely negate what you're saying there but I think you absolutely have a point when you're talking about uh bringing something bringing material that was built for a fantastical story and then trying to make that realistic I think that's completely yeah. fair I think like yeah again like it's I mean, this is something, yeah, it's when we're talking from a place of adaptation where we're saying, like, the, these songs and this structure and, again, this thing that this nostalgia is built on was, for what it's worth, a story that was uh, built upon something that was unrealistic and unhistorically right. accurate. Um, that's fair. That's, and, that's, and so, yeah. and then, so yeah, so to turn that, so yeah, again, like, the, equa the, the equation was just a little off on their end, where they were just like... Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, they were just like, oh, they just didn't realize that, like, these elements just weren't gonna work the same way when they weren't telling the same story that they were. Um, but yeah. And I love Steven Sondheim, so if you hear this, I love you. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna get, we're gonna get him to listen to we this. We love you, Josh. We love you, Josh. You're a, you're a good boy. Um, but yeah, the musical just ends. It just ends. <laughs> it just, yep. it really does. Yeah. Um, Gleb, Gleb is like, well, oh uh, yeah, because Gleb is like, try, like, Gleb's father was the one who like carried out like the Russian Revolution. Like it was part of like the the mob, uh, part of the Russian Revolution. And so Gleb's like trying to like fulfill his father's destiny of like killing Anast of, of killing Anastasia. But then he's like, I can't do it. And so yeah, he's just like, it wasn't Anastasia. She's really dead. And then yeah, the Duchess is like, yep, oh, that wasn't really Anastasia. She'd just be a mystery lost to time. And then Anya just like goes and fucks Dimitri. Um, and that's the end of the show, and that's really Honestly, it. And I, I'll, I'll, this is the last point I'll say about Gleb, but I do think, and the musical <laughs> in general, but I do think the musical would have been better <laughs> if they kept every plot point from the movie with Rasputin and just replaced him with a human Gleb, right? Like, the way she sure. destroys Gleb in the end is by stomping on <laughs> Some magic vial? Sure. Vial, and everyone's like, wait, what? That's a dude? And he melts and then turns <laughs> to skeleton and then turns to dust and blows away. I would have loved It'd be that It'd fun more. to go on stage. I don't know how the hell they do it, but I'd love to see them try. Sure. Legit. They're Disney now, so. I know we don't usually talk about production or we try to stay away from yeah, that, but, but I will say that this original production... Uh, the double turntable, they're able to pull off some pretty cool stuff with that. Yeah. I really love, they almost have like a dolly shot effect. I mean, obviously it's not because there's no camera, but like where she like moves one way as the set's like moving around and it has the effect of almost being like yeah. a, a, a dolly zoom. Well, it's a, it's a very, but don't get me started on the projection. I was going to say, it's a very, like, oh, yeah, exhausting. It's, it's like in the, in the style of another show we talked about, Mean Girls, it's like, it's just one big projection essentially. Um, which again, it helps for that, that cinematic feel of just being able to sure. move from scene to scene, but whatever. I, Do they I, ever try to copy that pointillism? We didn't really they, talk about it this time, but in the, in the Paris number. They, they really, I don't believe, from what I remember, mm -hmm. they don't. Um, mm. But I don't know, like, uh, call me, I don't know, I, I like theater for the, sh the, the place of shared imagination. Get your... Yeah. Also, 
that's also and one other thing i'm gonna say is the journey to get to paris is a really fun part of the movie the journey oh, it happens to, to like two seconds yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're literally just like on a train and then they're like whoa we gotta jump and they jump and she like has a line that's like are we walking to paris and then like next scene it's like character oh shit sorry i just spilled water oh no how dare you <laughs> um, yeah it's just it's a nothing burger of a show i completely applaud aaron's and flatty and mcnally for wanting to try this like i it for me it just really didn't end it's it's an experiment that failed in my it's estimation the, but i applaud them for like it's one of the tweets that should have been left in draft you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly um it is yes but you know they you know they tried it you can't say that they didn't try it and i'm gonna give that to them um they speaking of around, trying they things out. that may they they fucked around and found out um speaking of uh things that people try and maybe they succeed and maybe they don't Brittany handler You've had two whole episodes to think about this question. And now we're going to see what's up. Brittany Handler, you've tried so much and failed. How's it feel? Um, that's, that's how that transition sounded. No, so um, I got I to ask you the question in traditional fashion. So, Brittany Handler, if you could adapt a movie into a musical that has not been adapted already, what movie would you choose? Okay, so when I was a kid, I said my two, the two musicals I was going to be in the original Broadway cast of were going to be Anastasia and Moulin Rouge. I have failed at both of those because they have both been made into musicals. (laughs) Um, When I was thinking on this question, I was trying to come up with a rom-com because my favorite movie to musical adaptation is Legally Blonde. Um, And I think... I feel like that's a pretty popular opinion. Um, yeah, so I would say so. I think I have two that I thought about. Either, because I was trying to think of my favorite rom-com. I play this game with people, and I'd love to hear your guys' answers, too. If an alien came to Earth and was like, what's a rom-com? What, like, what movie would you show them? Mm. Um, Harry Met Sally. I was... Thank, I, yes, I was, I was just going to say that. That's usually my answer. But here are my, actually, I have three. Um, here are my three. Um, Bridget Jones. Uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Okay. And 13 Going on 30. Those are not my Ooh. three. Those are not my three that I would show to an alien. Those are my three that I want to see as musicals. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I, those are all good answers. I'm going to give you that. Jones. Um, I think. I think someone is trying to make a Bridget Jones musical. Are they? I would believe it. I think someone is trying to make a Bridget Jones's Diary musical. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it is currently being adapted into a musical. I just so... want the creative team of Legally Blonde on board with it because I am not a huge, like, I don't love movie to musical that much. Like, I think a lot of times, at least more recently, like more recently, they sure. don't do a great job of it. Um, I think, you know, thinking back older, they definitely do. But recently, they just haven't. And I just don't love them. Um, so I, I really just need that creative team on board because the way that Legally Blonde, boy, I'm so good, you know? Do you know, have you listened to Heather's? Heather's is good as well. 
Heather's is also very good. Because that's, I mean, that's that's Larry O'Keefe, who is one mm-hmm. of the Legally Blonde folks. Um, so, it's just, it's, um, I, and I think... And I think, I think what makes these really good movie to musicals, right, is exactly what Anastasia did not do. They really embrace the campiness of the movie and sure. take that campiness and up it because they're putting it on stage. And what is more campy than a Broadway musical? So they take that campiness and they lean so hard into it. And that's another reason why I think that this one really didn't was a nothing burger of a musical is because it truly was just like they got rid of all the camp. So sure. any camp. I like I like your answers. I like where your head is at. Um, Brittany Handler, so grateful that you're able to join us uh, for this truly cursed Gleb. episode of this. Gleb! Uh, Gleb! Uh, uh, Brit- no, Brittany, Brittany, Brittany. <laughs> uh, is there anything that you would like to plug to our wonderful listeners? Oh my God, listeners? please follow me on Twitter. I I haven't gone viral a year, in, a year and a half into quarantine. And that's... <laughs> Makes me feel like a failure. So not only follow me on Twitter, but make me go viral. Um, <laughs> my Twitter, <laughs> my Twitter is can I get a handler? Because um, my last name's Handler. Um, yep. You can follow me on Instagram if you want hot pictures of me in my underwear. Um, my Instagram's Brittany Handler. Sucks. Y'all are gonna follow me on Instagram because you want underwear pics, and you're not gonna follow me on Twitter. Hey, the so... Twitter follow is good. I will ver- I will back that up. Yeah. Thank you. Two out of three. Um, are yeah. Real no, you're, you're... Yeah. No, you got, you got some. You got some pretty good, Brittany. You got some. You got some damn good tweets. Truly, so much. You're a good there are a few that I'm mad yes. that have not gone viral, but it's okay. No, you are genuinely one of the funniest people I know. Um, so grateful to have you on oh. here. Uh, I will I will say nice things about you any day of the week, even Shabbos. So um, nice, even on the day of rest. <laughs> even on the day of rest, I will. But don't um, turn on the light. I'm great. D- don't you dare. I'm so <laughs> glad I'm going to fucking end this thing so that we can break the curse of Rasputin. <laughs> I want to thank Bran Moorhead for producing and editing this show. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. I want to thank Emily Harrington for our artwork. I want to thank M. Modaf and Josh Stanley for our kick-ass theme song. If you like this show, I hope you do, you should rate us, review us, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Movie the Musical. And like I said earlier in the episode, we have a Patreon if you go to patreon.com slash movie the musical, you could become a monthly member for as little as $3 a month because we are a triple threat podcast. Um, not only will you support this wonderful show, you will also get wonderful bonus content um, where we talk about uh, musicals that have been adapted into movies. It is a fun time over there. And if we hit 100 monthly patrons, we will record a live commentary on the film Cats that apparently Brittany is going to invite. I swear to God, <laughs> if I'm not included on it, I can't. Um, I'll cancel y'all. That, <laughs> oh God, not again. Uh, that's all the time we have. Keep on singing. Hashtag big dick. Rasputin. <laughs> <laughs>